Hello there. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Talk to me, Goose. Restless. You steal the Declaration of Independence. Why, so serious? Well, I could do this all day. Are you watching closely? Welcome, everybody, to the One-Eyed Film Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Mossberg, and I got Josh with me today. We are going to talk about The Last of Us TV show and a little bit about the game. Josh and I are big fans of the game, and when we heard this TV show was coming out, we had our thoughts. We kind of addressed it in our first round table where we talked about originality and video games and all that, but we're going to be talking about it a little bit more in depth. Josh, how excited on a scale from one to 10 are you to talk about this? 10 is all you're going to give me? I got a lot more numbers than that. <laughs> Fair enough. I ran out of fingers like 90 ago. Yeah, let's get into it. I want to start off with a really quick speed round of your thoughts per episode. I'm going to give you like 10 seconds to give me your thoughts on what that episode, what you thought that episode. Okay. okay. Um, so and one I'll do sentence. Yeah. One, one sentence. sentence, like one out of 10 rating exactly. or one to 10 rating. Exactly. And I will okay. do the same. Episode one, pilot. Phenomenal. Great start to the introducing the characters i'd honestly give it a 10 out of 10 i nailed sarah's character yes it was really good it was gripping that one scene at the very beginning which you knew was going to be difficult but yeah i liked it episode two where we actually get introduced to the infected i i thought it was really well made i'm only going to give it an eight out of ten though just because i wanted it to be longer yeah and Um, i probably will be giving that rating to a lot of the other episodes (laughs) because genuinely i think that it was a little rushed Yes. Like, all in, all together. Agreed. This was probably the scariest episode when it came to monsters. Oh, yeah. It. We'll talk about how they kind of fell off there in a bit. But, yeah, it was one where they were going through the museum and, like, any any chance was a, a, a possibility for an infected to pop out. Episode three. Two. Not good. Didn't like it. You gave it a two? You gave it that much decency? Well, because there's probably about five minutes oh, at that the end. Joel and Ellie are sure. in there that I can get behind because there's actually some content of the characters that I actually care about. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in depth in a bit. Episode four and technically five, I labeled episode four as Kathleen because we really focused on this newish character. What did you think of that one? Great start to the Sam and Henry line. I know we don't get introduced, but I, w- I love how they started it off very similar to the game, 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I like this addition to the story, adding Kathleen and that sort of militia in that city, I think was a good addition. Episode 5, Sam and Henry introduced and losing them, unfortunately. 10 out of 10, dude. <laughs> I loved the backstory that they gave those two characters that don't get much in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's got the kind of infected scene that you were looking for when you started watching. Yeah, that was probably the saddest episode in my opinion. I almost cried so at the hard. very end. And uh, yeah, giving them a backstory. And it was very tough to watch and very cool to watch at the same time. Yeah, I got more emotional from the TV show because of the backstory that they gave them, which mm-hmm. I thought was very interesting because there's more to Sam and Henry now than yeah. just them being brothers and existing. Episode six, we get to reconnect with Tommy. Devin out of 10. I thought it was good, but they were missing a few key elements that I thought would have just made it that little bit better. Mm -hmm. Also kind of short. It was. I liked it because there was a lot of intensity put on fatherhood, both with uh, Joel trying to pass off Ellie. They had the one scene where Ellie and Joel have that ultimatum of, like, you're not ever going to be my dad and all that. And also Tommy was going to be a dad, which was very, like, tough to see. Good addition. Good addition. Good addition. Episode 7, Ellie and Riley. 
Nuff said. Nuff said. <laughs> nah, I didn't need it. Didn't mm -hmm. need it. Completely It could have agree. been taken out. They could have had a whole extra hour of any other bit of content in the game. Didn't need to be there. Exactly. I agree. They had a little bit about Joel recovering from his wound, but it was too long and unnecessary. It also doesn't help that the next episode you're going to mention was very rushed. Yeah. I thought it was good. Episode 8, it was too rushed. Wasn't enough about one of my favorite parts of the show, of the game. Yeah. I mm, I appreciated episode 8. Um, yes. Yes. I didn't like it because they changed a big thing about a character. We'll talk about it in a bit. It yeah, was... I'd give it a... I'd give it a... Six out of ten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it yep. was good, but, but yeah, yeah. And then the finale that came out last night. Spoiler alert: We recorded this on Monday. What do you think of that one? Ten out of ten. I mm -hmm. was nervous because it was so short, but they did absolutely nail the exact same kind of emotions that you got from watching or from playing the game. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel too rushed, honestly. I was worried that it was going to feel that way, but I would have wished to see some infected action, like you do in the game. So I would probably give it maybe an eight and a half, nine out of 10 just because of that. I liked it as well. It was a little bit of a weird ending because after he goes through the hospital and guns down all the fireflies, there's real, it's really lull in the action. It really quiets down. And I felt that it was rushed, but maybe that's just because you have a long mission in the game where you yeah. take a really long time to finish that section. Yeah, that section took me like an hour and a half and mm -hmm. it was not even 10 minutes of video that that hour and a half of gameplay got attention of yeah well speed round done Not you the fastest. want really quick i want to compare the game to the tv show what they did well what they didn't do well what they left out what they could have done better what are your thoughts because i believe you've played it multiple times i only played it for the first time about uh, a couple months ago so i think i've played through it like 11 times no joke i so playstation just had an update where you can see how many hours that you have on each video game i checked how many hours i have on the last of us part one i have 650 goodness and get this i still don't have it platinumed which is so weird that is whack you yeah. crazy man part two i think i have 150 which kind of shows how much I like the first one more mm -hmm. than the second one. Don't get me wrong, though. I still think the second one was good, but it definitely had a lot of quirks about it that I just didn't like, like how the TV show does. Mm -hmm. After watching this show, I really want to play the first one again, and I don't, I can't because I'm playing through the second one, and I need to finish that and yeah, play other that. games before I go back and play The Last of Us again. I really enjoyed it. It was a good, good game. So... First, I want to start off with things that the TV show improved upon because it did improve upon a lot of things. One thing that I liked that it improved is seeing a little bit more depth in Joel's character, which I didn't think that I wanted more after playing the game many times. I was always very satisfied with his character. Didn't think that he needed improvement. He just always felt like he's a dad. I feel like dads don't show a whole lot of emotion, but something that the TV show did is show a lot more of like what's going on in his head in certain moments. Something that I really liked is in the first episode, once they see Ellie and that one, when she gets tested and they see that she is infected and then the one guy or the one soldier points his gun at her and then just goes ham on him and beats him to death. You see the PTSD that's going on with Joel. You mm -hmm. understand that this is not a rational Joel that's acting out which gives him so much more emotion because it's more than just he's defending Ellie or he's, he, he's defending Tess. It's 
he's irrational because of everything that he went through. You also mm-hmm. see that a lot more in, what is it, the sixth episode with Tommy? Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. And he has panic attacks. That, you didn't get any of that in the game, which I thought was a cool addition, which gave him a little bit more incentive to hand off Ellie to Tommy. I liked that. What are your thoughts on some of those changes? I really liked them. I, I just, I've been watching a lot of video essays on it, as I do. Um, and there was one by The Closer Look. I was talking about the adaptations and the changes that they made between the two, just what we're talking about. And it seems as though the changes that they made from the game to the TV show were improvements that they look back on 10 years ago and wish they had added to the game. And so that is, that it's, it's kind of like sleeping on your college paper. It's like, all right, I'm going to put it away. I'm going to look at it later with a new mind. Only this time, it's 10 years later. You've had an entire community grow from it and react to the changes that could have been made or things that they wish they would have seen. And you can make that again. I think that's a great way to revamp something. Obviously, they made a remastered version. They had the PS3, Last of Us. They made the remastered for PS4, and then just Last of Us Part 1 for PS5. But that didn't change the story. They couldn't do that. Otherwise, someone would have a better version of the story versus somebody who had an older version that they hadn't changed yet. So this was a good way to express those changes that maybe Neil Druckmann wanted to add. At the same time, we get episodes like episode three or episode seven. Now, episode seven was very true to the DLC. I didn't play it, but Mm -hmm. it was basically a shot for shot of the DLC, the Left Behind DLC. But episode three really irked me, and we might as well dive into it right now. You had watched it first, and you messaged me and said, this is a very unchristian episode. It was, you couldn't watch is what you said at a certain point. I ended up skipping through 20 minutes of the episode. I got the gist of it. It's a gay love story in my zombie game. <laughs> and I I went in to The Last of Us expecting, I, okay, I guess I'm not allowed to say zombie mm. because on set they actually weren't even allowed to say zombie. I don't They're know if you know They're not zombies because they weren't dead. They're not zombies. They aren't yeah. dead. They're infected. Mm-hmm. It's for a game in a post-apocalyptic world where there's a ton of infected that everyone's trying to stay away from. There isn't enough infected situations in what I thought would happen is we would get a lot of infected action with Bill because the whole part of the video game with Bill is you're going through a school to get a car battery that'll work just like you're going to Bill for in the TV show. But in the video game, you're running into your first bloater, which is huge. And I was excited for that scene because it's it's just a unique interaction with a bloater and it's not you running from it like you get in episode five so i wanted a little bit more action of infected i was hoping to get that in episode three didn't get that instead i got something that i personally do not support at all as a christian i don't support homosexual relationships that doesn't mean i don't love homosexuals i want I want that to be straight. I love everyone because I am called to love everyone. I don't hate homosexuals. I love them because Jesus loved everyone and that's what we are called to do as Christians. But I do not support that decision that they are making. And I believe that that is completely fine. And I don't want that to be on my screen when I go to watch a show. And in the game, Bill and Frank, they did have a relationship. The TV show could get their pat on the back for the LGBTQ community. And I could still get all of the action that I was looking for in my action TV show. Episode 3 really pulled me out of the show because all it was was about two guys. That's it. I didn't get anything about the only relationship that I cared about 
in the show, which was a father-daughter relationship between Joel and Ellie. And it completely deviated from that. And also, not to say that it, it was just a homosexual relationship that was difficult to watch. If that was a heterosexual relationship of a girl doing, going down on a guy, it would still be just as awkward because it's not something I want to see. Yeah. And But even more so that it was done in a way that was anti-God and that that's what homosexuality is, is going against what God created humans for and it was just it's not gonna i don't want to make it this big thing any more than let's say the the scene from top gun maverick where they obviously have sex before marriage like that's just as bad that we don't want to rank sin because it's all the same sin is sin Mm -hmm. but it was it was even harder for me to watch because it was so unnatural to see something like that for for the first Mm -hmm. time basically on screen and most people were calling it the the same vibe as the opening scene to up and pulling on your heartstrings and so sad and if that were the way that god had designed it then maybe it would have been if one of them had been a woman that might have been a an amazing story of love but i i can't accept it like that and that was just so disappointing like you said it took me out of it i don't even see from a story perspective how that addition added anything because mm-hmm. at the end, th- they even changed this part. The part where both of them are dead at the end and Bill dies as well. That is a pretty major switch from the game where Bill in the game meets Joel and Ellie and talks to them and hands them the battery and helps them through the school and all that. Having them just walk into an empty building and with a note, with a suicide note from Bill is just very weird. And I don't see what that had to do anything. And this whole relationship that was shown through a whole episode was unnecessary i don't understand why they added it except for hey look at us we're being inclusive and there's a homosexual relationship there you go everybody be happy Mm -hmm. it's just frustrating and didn't even help that this was the only episode that wasn't under an hour yeah besides the first episode obviously but this episode got so much attention from a time standpoint Mm -hmm. when many other episodes could have gotten that time that this one got Mm -hmm. like Episode 8, for example, they could have easily developed that a little bit more so that it wasn't quite so rushed. But this episode 3, it was drawn out. It wasn't what I was looking for when I got to Bill. I love Bill's character because of how kind of reckless he is in the game and how he only cares about himself, but how he can make exceptions to -hmm. that. Even people with as hard a heart as Bill, he can make exceptions to like actually let people in. He did that with Joel and Ellie. And he did that with Frank. And I didn't need as much backstory that I got with Frank. My suggestion for how it should have been would be just like the game. You go meet Bill. Frank ran off because Bill and Frank, maybe they had a fight. Something. I don't know. And just like in the game, you're looking for a battery. And then Bill can have flashbacks to what happened with Frank and him. And then you can get a little bit more content about that love story. I wouldn't like that part. But then I at least get the part that I was looking for. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, the part that was in the game. Yeah, the part that was in the game. Because that's probably my second favorite part of the game. Mm-hmm. I loved that because yeah. of the ingenuity of Bill, because of the infected action, especially with meeting your first bloater. I remember when I first played through the game and that thing popped out of that closet, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> And, dude, I was terrified. I was shaking in my sneakers because it gigantic infected. How the heck am I going to do this? I died so many times that, and I got none of it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of the game, and they took it out. You weren't shaking in your sneakers for this episode, were you? Mm-mm. <laughs> I was putting them on so I could run away. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and I would say I would compare this to Episode Seven, mm-hmm. where, like I said, it was a faithful adaptation to the DLC, which I can just trust because I haven't played it. It was, it was basically the exact same thing. I get the gist um, of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I honestly can't think of any differences between the DLC and the episode. But the uh, then reason. Again, I only played through the DLC once. But the reason the DLC is a DLC is because it doesn't need to be a part of the main story. Mm-hmm. I understand this comparison between the game and the TV show and how that could be a good addition to add some more background, but it isn't necessary to the story. Even The, the entire thing that we got out of episode 7 that affected the main story is that Ellie had a friend named Riley. Riley got bit and died. Ellie got bit and survived. That's the, all that we need to know. And I think we even knew that. Well, we didn't know that by then. But and when you're playing the game, you don't know that either until she tells you. It, that could have played out the same way. And even what episode three gave us, all we found out at the end was that Joel and Tess knew Bill. That's mostly it. That's all that that episode mm-hmm. served in the scheme of the grand story. Those two stories that were just head on about homosexual relationships didn't add anything. And even mm-hmm. to the point where they focus so much on these two homosexual relationships and basically don't show any importance to a heterosexual couple except for Tess and Joel, who aren't even really a couple. They're just coexisting together in this and friends. Yeah. So the importance put on showing the homosexual relationship over any, mm-hmm. like, even thought of a heterosexual relationship is just disappointing and if you even think about it statistically there shouldn't be that many homosexual relationships in a tv show i mean honestly (laughs) think about it yeah they make up like what less than two percent of the population of the entire world less than one percent and yet they're probably 60 percent of the relationships that you see on screen yeah and i will admit that in the last of us part two ellie's lesbian characteristics really do have a part in the story i will admit that and again those aren't easy to watch either but mm-hmm. it, at least it plays into the story unlike the left behind dlc mm-hmm. and i don't want to like rationalize why these people are homosexual but the way that i have seen it is in an apocalyptic world people won't have the same kind of standards that we do since we're not in a apocalyptic world to the point where they don't have structure like we do they don't have guidance like we do i would assume that the church does not have the same structure that we do nowadays in a post-apocalyptic world (laughs) i'm just gonna assume that because Mm -hmm. the the world's gone to crap Mm -hmm. no way that people can meet (laughs) in a church normally but people since they don't have that same kind of influence they don't have the same standards that us as christians do so what else do you do i do agree that it is not wrong on our part but we shouldn't waste our breath complaining about these things because we can't expect non-christians to follow our set of rules of right and wrong christianity doesn't really have rules except for obviously what is laid out as a sin in in the bible because God, or at least Paul, speaking on behalf of the Holy Spirit, who is leading him to write these things, says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of heaven? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. It is quite obvious that men having sex with men is a homosexual act that is condemned by God, along with all these other sins that mm-hmm. are worthy of death because of that and worthy of hell but we also have to be careful not to 
be accepting of one type of sin and then condemning this other one. That's that's really where this homosexuality, this antagonist view of homosexuality has come from in the church is where we accept all these other ones, but then we raise this one up to be the worst one when really they're all equal and deserving of hell. It mentions homosexuality, but it also talks about other things. It's not the only thing it's mentioning in that verse, and I think that mm-hmm. that's also very nice to remember that we we struggle with other things that mean that we are in the same pit that other people are. Just because you are a homosexual doesn't mean that I am any better than you because of this sin that you partake in. I partake in my own sin. I am also a filthy human who struggles to do everything right because I'm human. I'm no better than you. And quite frankly, that doesn't mean that I'm in a place to tell you what to do. But I do believe in the authority of God and that he has directed you to do that through this verse. And that's not me telling you what to do. That's God. Another quick comparison is stuff that stayed basically the exact same that I appreciated. Sam and Henry's death. I was actually nervous that that was going to be different. But obviously, I think that that was kind of a point that you can't change. And something that I was also nervous they were going to change is the last episode. When I heard that it was only 45 minutes, Mm. I was nervous that that was going to be super rushed. I won't get the same feelings of understanding, is Joel the bad guy? in this show, which Mm -hmm. maybe we'll talk about that later, but mostly the TV show did a great job of improving on certain characters and improving certain situations, showing more emotion. I also want to credit Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, who absolutely nailed the acting, especially Bella Ramsey, because that is one thing that was consistent, Mm -hmm. is how Ellie acted in the game versus the TV show. Nailed it, and I wish she wouldn't get hate because she looks different. And that's one thing I want to mention in comparisons is if you look at how Ellie and Ellie act, it's the same. Mm-hmm. And it was really impressive. Yeah. Loved it. And even the way Pedro Pascal looks was actually, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it right away, but then I was like, you know what? It's all right. Yeah. It looks pretty good. It, he looks pretty similar. It grew on me. Yeah. What did you think about the inclusion of the actors from the video game? I believe there were five. Obviously, um, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson were in episode eight and nine in new roles that we hadn't seen them before. Marlene is the same actress from the game. That was cool. The guy, I don't know his name, who played Tommy in the game, voice acted Tommy in the game and, and mo-capped him, was the the head sergeant the for... Guy. Yeah, the military guy for Kathleen. And then... Um, the girl who plays Abby in part two was a masked surgeon in the last episode. You didn't, you probably oh. didn't know that. You wouldn't have recognized her at all. But yeah. what do you think about those actors coming back and this this close connection between the game studio and the TV studio? Obviously, the director was the same. They they had the same writers and all that. What are your thoughts? So I watched them all with my mom. Her and I sat there <laughs> and I geeked out through half of the episode while the other half I tried to shut up so that I could watch her reaction to some of the scenes. But whenever they came on screen, it was me screaming, that's him, that's him, that's the guy at the screen. And that was so much fun. Having played the game and like that being so close to my gaming life, that was so cool to see them actually partaking in the TV show. Loved it. Something I will note, though, is I'm not going to lie. It was kind of weird seeing Ashley Johnson's real face and hearing Ellie's voice because... I have associated Ellie's voice with the young Ellie so much. It was weird to hear the voice without an animated character. But here's the thing. This was really impressive when I realized the symbolism. Having Ashley play Anna, Ellie's mom, is because Ashley was the original person to give birth 
to Ellie in the game. And so now they wanted to kind of honor that in, in letting her be the mom. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I think her role was the coolest. Troy Baker didn't get too much action, but he definitely got enough to, for me to kind of be excited that, oh my goodness, I recognize someone, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't have much to react for Tommy's character. Yeah, I had to look that one up. Yeah, to be honest, I honestly thought Troy Baker was the guy who was the military. Oh, yeah, with a big beard on or something. Yeah, Yeah. uh, that's, I thought so, because I was like, wait, hang on, I recognize this dude. The one thing I will say is that that I'm disappointed about with these inclusions is I told you this early on, I don't know if the episodes had started to come out yet, but we knew that those two, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, would be in the show somewhere. And I was hoping that Troy would be attacked by an infected and that he his character would have the same death animation as Joel does in the game. That would have been an amazing example of an Easter egg. Oh, um, yeah. I'm um, a little disappointed that didn't happen. But the last difference I really want to talk about is episode eight and the character of David. This one I messaged you about and was very disappointed with. David is a leader in a community where they have started to use the people who have died for nutrients. They're cannibals, and they're they're obviously the bad guys in the game. And if it had just stayed like that, it would have been fine. Like, obviously, they're the bad guys. You're not supposed to sympathize for them as much as he's, like, trying to justify actions of why why let these human bodies go to waste when we need mouths to feed. It's still terribly evil. But in the very opening of episode eight is David reading from the Bible, being the preacher for the community, and being a sympathetic character. You, you don't even know it's David right away. But as I'm watching it, and I know that that's this episode, I'm like, this doesn't sit well with me. It, eventually, it's revealed that it's David, and I just... That was upsetting felt for like me. like a mockery. Yeah, and they didn't... That was an addition they did not need to add. That was almost uh-huh. a, a, a final stab at Christians for making the cannibal be even slightly believing in this thing that we hold so precious to our lives. That that whole thing, me and my mom, we didn't like that episode for many reasons. That was the biggest reason, though. They didn't need to have it, exactly like you just said. It just felt like a straight-up mockery. And something I wish that they would have done that could have possibly given that kind of that kind of element, some sort of good message, is to make David Christian for the wrong reasons. If they were to make him Christian for the sake of being a leader to the community that was already Christian, and the community doesn't like him because he's a bad leader and they don't believe he is Christian, but he's just going through their motions just so that he can fulfill his hunger for power, basically. I think that would have been a pretty good message and understanding that sometimes the leader isn't representative of the community. I think Christians get some of the biggest rap, bad rap for that because we have pastors, priests who do all of these horrible things and then people see that as a reflection of the entire Christian community when in reality, it's just them. Satan uses the leaders, brings them down because it looks so bad for everyone else in that community. And I think that would have been a really good message. But all they do is introduce David as a Christian. They make him the bad guy. And it doesn't sit right because it just feels like a mockery on how Christians are just messed up people. And that's not right. Now, if they had made David Christian for wrong reasons, and then the community Christian, but not wanting to follow David, but not being able to do anything about it because he's already in the leadership role, that would have been a different story. My mom and I, we just talked about it. And we thought that that would have been such a cool idea and a really good message. 
and having something like that would require longer runtime to understand <laughs> how the community would be reacting to all of David's leadership, and you would have gotten more backstory on the community. Mm -hmm. You could have gotten, like, how they came to be, how they got into this town, where they settled, why they settled. You could have even had a backstory on the character that Joel killed. That episode not only felt rushed, they added an element that could have been good, but it was just done in a way that felt like a straight-up mockery. There was no respect at all. There was blatant disrespect. Yeah. And we, I felt that personally. It was a mockery. And I was very frustrated that that was how my beliefs were portrayed. And mm -hmm. they could have done it differently. And the only reason it was added was because of just a stab at us. I am happy to hear that people are talking about it, though. I've seen that conversation come up a lot. Now, I don't have Twitter, but I do have other social media platforms, and I've seen a lot of tweets about it on other social media platforms, which is kind of weird. But it is nice to see that people are talking about that and understanding that Hollywood just has a hate for Christians. Hmm. I believe that it's because Satan understands, and all the demons that he has at his grasp understand how influential Hollywood is and if they can portray Christians as bad on a screen awesome and I'm glad that people are kind of talking about this because yeah. I think that that's what this is I want to ask you as an avid video game enjoyer what you thought about the lack of action compared to a video game and the intensity of the drama in this TV show because I think that's where this thrives. The video essay I've linked below talks about how you can't really have the same amount of action in a TV show as you can with a video game because the video game, you are immersed in it, you are playing it, you need to try and beat a level where you are trying to figure out how to get around these bad guys or whatever. You can't have that as much. The best we got was the episode two where they're sneaking around the museum and that was probably the most terrifying of the entire series is because there felt like actual threat. But there's just a disconnect, especially when they chose to value the drama and the story over the action, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but I want to hear your thoughts on that. Before I even started watching the show, I understood that there was not going to be nearly as much action because in the video game, you can put as much filler of zombies, whatever, raiders, you can put filler in action and it makes sense, and it's okay, because it makes the game longer and people like that, right? Now, obviously, there's a point where it's not okay, but you can't do that to a TV show. You can't just put a ton of action, because then you'll basically just be Michael Bay, <laughs> and you know how his movies are. All it is is action, and there's very little depth to the story. But that has its place, I would say. If you want to go yes. see a Michael Bay movie, like I went to see Ambulance a year ago, that was just action-packed nonstop. And yeah, yeah, it didn't have much of a story, but I wanted to see an ambulance cruising through Los Angeles. And yeah, and question fun. how they had that much gas. <laughs> I watched that movie too, and I watched it in theaters for some reason. But It has yeah, its place. It, was, it does have its place. And I understood the depth of story that The Last of Us had, and that if you want to make a good adaption, you need to give up some of the action for the story. There's no way that you can give the same amount of points. There's no way that you can give the same level of storytelling that you get in the game if you keep the action. Mm -hmm. Now, do I wish that there was more? Yes, because the game was 22 hours. Granted, I think probably eight of those hours you could cut off because that's just like long, long like bits of game or mm -hmm. bits of action, right? 
but still there was room for a little bit more action i believe in the tv show but i also understood why they had to give it up because you can't run into infected three times in one episode and each of those interactions be different it then turns into kind of a cw show where you have constant bad guys coming out of the woodworks and just no end to it that 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 translation from a game to a media like that doesn't work as directly where i think they could have done better is yes included more infected scenes like with the boy episode three could have been a remake of what we got in the game where they're running through the school and then we're introduced to the bloater in episode three instead of episode five i honestly think that that upside down part in the game would have translated perfectly into the tv show agreed i was thinking about that before it all even came out i was thinking of bill and frank and i was thinking oh this upside down like fridge scene is gonna play out perfectly didn't get it yeah those episodes that we were kind of complaining about that were long and unnecessary could have been used to further explore the action and the intensity Mm -hmm. and develop the story that we were going there for exactly and i've kind of hinted at this episode two was really the only time maybe episode one as well where we felt actual danger from the infected episode one episode Mm -hmm. two and episode five when there was the horde of them coming from underneath the house besides that this was a drama filled show which did okay but so much of the gameplay in the game centered around fighting the infected there wasn't a lot of infected that's kind of the whole point of this apocalyptic world is the infected and sneaking around and all that something that is so prevalent in the game is the danger of going from boston to salt lake is in the fact that it's post-apocalyptic and there's infected everywhere you understand that very clearly that you cannot go around any corner without double checking or just constantly being crouched without understanding that there's going to be infected in the tv show there was a huge lack of infected i didn't feel the same danger for our characters because there wasn't that much i understood like how the plot points that they had to hit to keep it mostly true to the video game and i remember so many times telling my mom oh warning there's gonna be infected up here and they never came Mm, yeah and that same kind of like you tense your shoulders up because you those who played the video game understand that there's danger around every corner you don't get that same feeling in the tv show Mm. and i don't think it would have taken that much more action to give that same feeling yeah i kind of want to talk about movies or tv shows that have embraced the pandemic that happened in 2020 and into 2021 and how that changed our perception on mass infections because the opening scene to the entire series oh. in episode one was so good uh Chilled. it 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 jumps back to 1968 and a talk show of how the cordyceps could mutate and scarily enough it's scientifically based like this cordyceps that make the infected infected actually happens to insects where a mutation happens in an insect's brain and basically starts controlling the body of the ant and that's a genius way back when they made the original game to develop the the concept of zombies without actually having them be zombies um mm-hmm. but this opening scene did so much better at installing fear into your into your soul because especially when he says if the earth got warmer and the the mutation changed a little bit and it's supposed to be like a hint at global warming but even still regardless of if global warming is real or not the possibility that that could happen any day and it did happen any day in the last of us universe Mm -hmm. was very scary and the only other type of media that i can think of that really played into so far the pandemic and the the fear we had back then was resident evil 3 remake 
that I saw the they changed the opening scene, the opening cutscene to be global pandemic, this infection is spreading, blah blah blah. If you watch the intro, the opening like two minutes of that game was very topical because it was released in April of 2020. So it was very topical when it came out. Or even Plague Inc. That was another one that I just thought of is the game Plague Inc. where you try and kill the entire world with a plague. They changed a lot about that game after COVID because obvious reasons. But things like that where it's weird being on the other side of it. Three years later, exactly today, three years later, and looking back at that and having the, the media that we consume start to show that in a very weird way. That's honestly one of my favorite scenes in the entire show, just because it starts us off so strong. Mm. It was so good. Chills. When I watched it with my mom, my mom is like, wait, hang on. So is this is this going to be a scary show? You're going to have to warn me every single time that zombies come out or something like that. Yeah. And I loved it. I think that justifies why they did the time switch, just to give more like this could be today in the tv show in giving mm. it like a different time period so that it would match up to our dates now and i just think that that was so cool yeah but one thing i noted with you halfway through i think it was even just in episode two when tess and joel and ellie were walking around is that the world does not seem like it stopped in 2003 there were some like structures or some furniture that i was like that's really modern that's a really 2020s type of style yeah. and that wouldn't have happened but that's a very nitpicky thing i just i was yeah. like wait a second i don't think i was observing enough to to see that so hmm. i i think it went over most people's head yeah. but then once you had pointed it out to me i was like yeah there's a lot of details like that something i do kind of want to bring up is another difference i know that we're kind of done comparing and contrasting in the game there's spores hmm. in the tv show there isn't and they've got a hive mind mm-hmm. what did you think about that difference I liked it because from a TV standpoint, it makes sense because you don't want to cover your actor's face. Now, granted, Pedro Pascal has had some experience with a mask over his face for a different show. So he's he's probably would have been all right. And the fact that Ellie doesn't need to have one also could have given a little bit more excuse for them to be able to have spores. Agreed. But the reason was so that they could see the actor's face. That's not an integral part of the story. In fact, it was almost annoying in the game. Not only, not even because you had to do anything different, because your character just automatically put a face mask on, but it is just one less step to worry about. And the hive mind actually makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know why specifically, but it made... I'm it, not it, a biologist. Me neither. But it, it made it made dramatic sense to be like avoiding everything on the ground. That's uh-huh. how they would know that you're across town is that you step on yeah. one little cordyce up on the, on the ground. Which they didn't use. Wait, that they, is one... Yeah, they did. They, they used it in episode two. Name oh. another spot. Where well, they, they used that hive mind. Oh yeah, you're saying that they only they only showed it once and used it once and that's it. Yeah. Well, it's because they so, didn't use in, infected at anywhere else in the in the series. I know. That's another <laughs> thing that I thought of is in the TV show episode two. You get this taste of the hive mind, and you're like me sitting in my chair. I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is gonna be terrifying. I can already picture Ellie accidentally standing on top of one of these branches or whatever and then hearing tons of screeches in the background. I already had scenes playing out in my head and I was scared for them. And we didn't get that. I wish that they would have explored that hive mind more. Yeah. Something I do kind of want to talk about is the last episode 
there's so much debate between Joel's actions, and I just want to hear what you think. It's the same in the video game and the TV show, so it's safe ground to just talk about. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Joel's actions? You're referring to his uh, decision to save save Ellie. Ellie and basically doom humanity by saving Ellie. I understand the drama and the contention that that problem presents itself it is a very difficult decision because the whole point of the show and the game is to show the connection the father-daughter type connection between these two characters and then just that ripped away and to have marlene say i've felt the same thing and she's not even your daughter that just hurts because joel did have a daughter no and joel did have a daughter and it was sarah and he had just realized especially when it comes to the the TV show, at the beginning of episode nine, the finale, he was really opening up to Ellie and he wasn't ready to let that go. And they didn't know that that was what had to happen was that Ellie would have had to die for the sake of many others. But it was a very selfish decision on Joel's part to take Ellie for himself to save her life rather than... He doesn't know if there could have been a, a cure and I don't know. It, it's so hard. I know. I understand it, but I also understand needing to like leave her in order to extract the, the test samples to make the, the cure. That, that they didn't know would work. They, they really didn't know if it would work or not. It's, it, it's just so deep of an issue. You know Joel is in the wrong. He's mm-hmm. basically the bad guy at the end, but he has so much reason for his actions. You're like, I'm not saying you're right. I know you're wrong. I'm just saying I get it. And then Ellie basically having to believe Joel, even though deep down she knows that it's not true. I know. Oh, yeah. So you sent me that video essay. That guy puts it perfectly. Like, the hurt that would come from not believing the person that you love and trust the most. To have lied about something so deep in your identity would hurt way too much than to just accept the lie. Yeah. And you get so much of that, like, in the very end is like, okay, and then it's black. Yeah. When they're driving away and Ellie knows that he's full of it, she she can tell that he's not telling the truth, but he really tries to make it believable. And he swears on it at the very end. He says, I swear that everything I said was true. And it's not. In one sense, the stakes are that he is valuing this new daughter figure that he wants to love and cherish. On the other hand, he could have saved humanity. It's a tough decision, man. I think that's yeah. the point. That's that's probably where the a lot of story writers will have the end goal in, in mind and lead up to that through story. I think that was a great part of the game and the show to have that dilemma of Joel. And even to kill his own friend, Marlene. Friend is loose term, but that was also hard to watch and he he knew that it was the only option for him when once his mind was made up basically a much more complicated and much more involved version of the trolley problem yeah for sure so someone you love is on one line but the rest of humanity is on the other but in this case ah dude i love the end of that especially how it goes into the second game from that area and I think that kind of divide between Ellie and Joel, them being close, but not fully being able to trust each other because of that little nugget of just falsehood would keep them from ever truly being the same after. This is this whole show, this whole story. When I say story, I mean both the game and the show. Really toy with, do the ends justify the means? 
does the end goal make the the decisions I'm choosing now that are probably wrong make them right in the in the overall s- scope of the story? There's a lot of things like you think about David. To him, the ends justified the means for the entire first season of the story. The ends of getting Ellie to the Fireflies across the country justified anything that happened in between, and sometimes it doesn't. You're either on Joel's side and you overlook all of the killing that he did because of the salvation from the apocalypse or you have your own personal daughter figure, like I said. What do you think about a second season of the TV show? Yeah, it was just announced with the finale releasing yesterday that the second season is actually going to be a second and third season because The Last of Us Part Two is such a big game that they will need a lot more than one season to cover it. They could have also done a normal TV season and done up to like 21 episodes, but I think it's more dramatic and more marketable to do two more seasons, make it three seasons total, or even four. I don't know. I believe they've announced two seasons is what I've heard, two seasons to cover part two. Mm -hmm. With how they handled the episode three and episode seven with this one, I am looking forward to it less. Because the part two game focuses so much on Ellie's relationship with another woman, and I know they're going to lean into that a lot more, especially with it being 2023 and or whenever this next season comes out, it's going to be very in your face. And at least I'll know what to expect, but also I have my expectations low when it comes to that sort of thing. With that said, we had talked about the, the changes that they made things they wish they would have changed for the original game. Like they have 10 years to think about it. And so now they're like, okay, these are some things we can change. Mm -hmm. There is obviously a lot of frustration with last of us part two. And you know more about this than I do. Don't spoil it for Mm -hmm. me because I haven't played it through, but how do you think they will react? Will they make a faithful adaptation to part two with some changes or will they make a lot of changes significant storyline changes in order to fix those mistakes that the community really hate on. I personally think it's going to be in between. I don't think that they are going to change the end. I don't think that they are going to change too much on like some of the key elements, but I do think that they will change a few, I don't want to say of the biggest, but some of the bigger elements to part two in ways that will benefit the some of the bigger parts does mm-hmm. that make sense sure so it, it's not going to be they're going to have story changing elements just completely changed i think they're going to have maybe in in part two it's switched into days they would maybe have day changing elements rather than the whole story changed mm-hmm. and then that would in one way kind of benefit the whole story one if our voice is somehow heard by the people who are going to be writing this tv show which would be awesome but i know that that is not realistic spoiler warning spoiler warning don't listen further for last of us part two spoilers one thing that i do hope that they do is they keep joel alive longer and i think a good way to do that is rather than abby killing him there then in there like in that basement take him hostage bring him to seattle and then it, that gives so much more urgency to Ellie needing to get to Seattle right away. And then it also has some opportunity for not resolve between Ellie and Joel, but also just, I don't know, a little bit more meat to Joel and Ellie's relationship before it's ended. This was a great 
episode to do with you, Josh. It was an interesting show to cover. Like the title says, Flawed Masterpiece, a great adaptation of the game, but just so many things that went wrong, in my opinion. That didn't quite make it an astounding remake for me, but I think that's just the world we live in, is they're going to push those things on us. But I really did enjoy it. I'm glad we could enjoy it together. We were going to binge it all together, but that's not plausible with so much hype around it. So we watched it per week, but that's okay. Thank you for talking about this. I was excited to hear your thoughts on it. I'm glad we got to talk about this. If you listener want to talk more about this, if you've seen it or you haven't seen it or have just played the game or whatever, feel free to join our Discord where we can talk about it more on there. We have video episodes on YouTube. We also have short form content on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Follow us all there. Share this with your friends. Follow us on whatever platform you're listening to. And we hope you have a great day. We love you all. God bless. Bye.